Bethel Choir. I think that was a little Christmas music coming out there, a little Hark the Herald Angels maybe? No? No? That's Thanksgiving. As I say, we're a little early for that. Well, thank you for uh, getting us started this morning. Uh, good morning and welcome to all our guests and visitors here today, especially uh, welcome to those listening on the radio. Today we begin, as our music director said, Thanksgiving week. We are indeed a blessed people. There are a lot of things happening in uh, First Church. Please look at uh, the announcements in the bulletin for more information on them. A few items to highlight. Um, Operation Christmas Child boxes are due today at 11.30 this morning. So if you want to have them here for that. Uh, the joint Thanksgiving Eve worship service is this Wednesday at 7.30 at the New Knoxville United Methodist Church. Pastor Joel will be giving a message and joint choir will sing. But as if Pastor Joel's voice hangs on that long or recovers. So he's struggling a little bit with his uh, strength of his voice here this, today. Next Sunday, following the worship service, we will be decorating a church for Christmas. Please plan to stay and help if you are able. Now please rise and join me in the call to worship. And take out your blue hymnals to... 558, 556, another correction, 558, thank you, the, the hymn we'll be following will be 556, so the call to worship again, 558, God saw all that he had made and it was good. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. But I, with the songs of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, and I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And now, 556, one page prior. Our opening hymn, Now Thank We All Our God.
And now we'll have children chat. And while the children come up, please extend a warm hand, a smile or a hug to those near you. Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. All right. So Pastor Joel has been talking about a cross shaped family and we've been talking about we've been talking about what it means to be good parents and what it means to be good kids. Today we're talking about being good kids. Did you know that there is an 11th commandment created by mom and dad? That 11th commandment is called thou shalt clean your room. What? <laughs> you don't have that commandment at your house, Connor? No. You don't? Do you keep your room keep your room clean anyways? No. <laughs> Oh, well, mom may just have an idea, you know, and Christmas is coming up. So you might keep that commandment in mind. Okay, so why? Why is it important to keep your room clean? Why does mom say go clean your room? So that cobwebs don't get out. Well, that's true. Keep the cobwebs away. Okay, to take care of your toys. You know, and, and sometimes if your room gets so messy, it becomes a health issue. All that old, dirty clothes laying around in there and all them germs in there, it's a health issue. Okay? Or how would you feel if friends came over to play and your room was a total disaster? You feel great? You must be related to my son. You should be ashamed. You want your room to look nice. Okay? You want your room to look nice. And then there is the fear. Do any of you have... Is your room clean? Do you pick up toys? No. No? At least you're honest. Okay. So fear. Sometimes the fear of what mom and dad is going to do if you don't get your room cleaned up could be a motivating factor to keep it clean. But... We should want to keep our room clean, okay? And part of that is obeying, okay? Obeying. What does obeying mean? You listen. Obeying means you have to listen. And and we have to listen to lots of people. And not only kids think that they're the only ones that ever have to listen. But you know what? Us grown-ups have to listen, too. We have all kinds of rules we have to follow and all kinds of things we have to do. And so it's important to obey because our parents love us and we want you guys to be safe and to be healthy and to know right from wrong. Okay? So when we think about obeying, we need to think about how, yes, our parents are making us do these things, but it's important to want to do them to please mom and dad too. Okay, so Pastor Joel's going to talk to us some more about being a Christ-centered child, someone who wants to do well and obey. Okay, so let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these children. Thank you for their hearts and their minds and their love. They are always so eager to learn. I am so grateful that I have the privilege to come up here and share with them. Please be with them this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving. Help them to be truly grateful for the things that they have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lost in our service in the last week, those who will not be around the Thanksgiving table. From Fort Hood, Texas. Private First Class Jacob Ryan Casebolt, 21, from Canny, Kansas. Laughlin Air Force Base, Texas, Captain John Graziano, 28, from Elk Ridge, Maryland. Virginia, Chief Info Technician Juan L. Rolden, Jr., 41, from Chesapeake, Virginia. From Florida, 
cryptologist, technician, seaman, Brandon M. Thurber, 18, from Melbourne, Florida. From California, Lieutenant William J. Hamilton, 28, from Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. Naval Air Crewman, second class, J. D. Wilson, 29, from Oregon. And in Japan, Master Sergeant Nicholas Von Whaler, 35, from Sailorsburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Jay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would be with the families of uh, those that have lost their lives, Lord. We ask that you would give them comfort and a peace in only the way that you can. Amen. If you will all join us in singing hymn number 213, Because He Lives.
seated. Let's pray. Holy Father, we just thank you for bringing us together this morning. We thank you for uh, Thanksgiving coming up, Lord, and the start of the holiday season. And we just ask that you would be with us as we gather with our families and loved ones, Lord. Um, As some of us travel, Lord, we ask that you would just protect us and guide us, Lord. And we know that the holidays can also be hard, uh, that they can be hard for people that have lost loved ones, um, that are sick or whatever the case may be, Lord. And we just ask that you would um, be with those on our cares and concerns list, uh, that you would be walking with them and comforting them in only a way that you can, Lord. God, we also pray for our families. Pastor Joel has uh, walked us through this series on families, Lord, and we just we know that family can be hard. Uh, we know that it can feel... Uh, discouraging at times, Lord, but we know that you have called us to be a part of a family, whether it's a church family or our own families, Lord. You've you've called us to be a part of the body of Christ as well. And so I just ask that you would um, help us to hear the truths that Joel has for us this morning. I pray that you would protect his voice um, and let the truth of your words that are spoken through him ring out clearly, Lord. And um, I just pray that the words that we hear, that we would obey them, Lord, and that we would apply them to our own families and to our own children um, and reflect on the things that you have for us, Lord. And so I just ask that you would be present, Lord, that you would uh, be covering us with your spirit as we go through this morning, as, as we talk about uh, the cross-shaped child, Lord. And um, I just pray for the parents here that are raising children, Lord, that you would give them strength and understanding and love for their kids. And um, God, I just thank you for all of this. I thank you for your son who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's offering is for the Building and Technology, Building Technology and Improvement Fund. Um, and as the deacons come forward uh, to collect this morning's tithes and offerings, the choir is going to bless us with some music.
For those who are able, please remain standing for our scripture reading this morning. We have two scripture readings this morning. The first one comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And our second reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 23, verses 22 through 25. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave birth to you be joyful. May be seated. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness towards us, and especially with Thanksgiving week, we uh, give you the honor and praise, Lord, that you're due. We thank you for the many blessings you've given us, and pray, Lord, that as we go about this week, that you would uh, give us uh, reminders of your goodness and your grace. Pray for a message now that you would uh, strengthen my voice and give uh, give me words to speak, and I pray that you'd open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, sorry, I was a little AWOL <laughs> a little earlier in the service. Um, I thought it'd be best to not, one, strain my voice, and two, be in here to spread all my germs around to you. Um, so uh, thank you, Tori, for filling in for the prayer and all of that for me. Um, talking about children today, and what a, what a great reminder of the blessings that children are and how much they love to share, because uh, on Friday, I took Josephine to the doctor, and she was diagnosed with strep throat, and yesterday... I woke up with it as well. So if nothing else, you know, children are a blessing and they love to share everything, including their germs. So um, be doing my best to, to get through this message here this morning with, with my throat the way that it is. Uh, the, as I mentioned, we are talking about being cross-shaped children today. And I want to take a moment and remind us that, uh, that just because you are now an adult doesn't mean you get to zone out of this message. Uh, this is something for all of us, uh, teenagers, kids that are here, of course, but, it, but it includes all of us as well because of all these different categories that I've talked about over these last few weeks, uh, husband, wife, parent, next week will be grandparent, uh, all of those may or may not apply directly to you. You may be in a stage of life where you have not been married, you don't have kids, or you are no longer married or, or whatnot. Uh, and, and so those categories are, are in a sense, uh, may not apply to everyone here. But this, being a child, is something that we all have in common. No matter who we are, uh, we're all born into a family, born into parents. Um, and and so we all have that one thing in common. And so I want us to uh, take time today and reflect on that. And and in addition to that, uh, reflect on, on what that means for us in terms of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Uh, one of the one of the things I, I want to point out for us all today is that we never stop being children. We grow up, of course. We mature, we become adults, and maybe even have children of our own. But we never stop being children. And what I mean by that is we all have parents uh, to to take care of. We're all part of a family. Uh, maybe your parents are, are alive still today, and that's a wonderful thing, and, and, and so this applies to them. But even if they're not here with us today, you're still a child. And to, to honor your father and mother can still apply to you even if your parents are gone from this earth. And I want to also remind us that uh, last week I talked about child-shaped parents. And, and just like husband and wife, parent and child go hand in hand. And so I want to remind us that last week I told you all that uh, children are a blessing, not a burden. And so I want to remind you children here today, be a blessing. <laughs> Don't be a burden to your parents, Right? That, that part uh, is, is a part that you can live out as well. 
And so I want to I want to take time today and talk about that. Uh, first thing that we see here in these passages, and and what runs throughout Scripture, is the command to honor your father and mother. What does that mean? What does that look like? And um, actually going to read a passage from the Heidelberg Catechism for you. It's question 104, uh, taken directly from this commandment uh, to honor your father and mother. It says, what is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? That I honor, love, and be loyal to my mother and father and all these and all those in authority over me. That I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct me and correct and punish me. And also that I be patient with their failings. For through them, God cho- chooses to rule us. I actually decided to look up that passage or that question and answer in Heidelberg after I prepared the message. And I thought, man, I could have just stuck with that. Um, but that does really sum up what it means to honor your father and mother, to love, to honor, to obey them. Uh, and in even recognizing that they're not perfect either, right? There are no perfect parents. There's no perfect children. Um, and, and so to honor them isn't just to honor them when they're doing it right, but it's to honor them in all things um, and even give them grace when things are not going as they should. Uh, Billy Graham Ministries had a, a post about what practical steps to honoring your father and mother, and I thought I'd share them with you this morning. The first is to pray for them. Lift them up to the Lord. Um, and, and you can do that as, as a young child, you can do that as a teenager, and you can do that as an adult praying for your parents. To honor them is to pray for them, to lift them up to the Lord and, and seek out God's will for them. The second thing is to, 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 to help out your parents, even when it's difficult. As I mentioned already, there are no perfect parents, and, and there's going to be times when, when helping them is not the easy thing to do, or standing by their side is not the easy thing to do. Uh, teenagers, right? You, you may not always see eye to eye with your parents. You may not always agree with the decisions they make. But to honor them means to, to help them out, to, to respect that, even when it's difficult for you to do so. Third is to model Jesus for them. I think this is such an important one, uh, as especially for, for adult children, uh, to model Jesus for your parents, to live a Christ-like life so they can see it and be influenced by it as well. But that doesn't just apply to adult children. That can be true for, for our young kids as well. I know I've been amazed um, at times, even with Josephine as a four-year-old, like just seeing those little glimpses of, of Jesus in her um, and, and what a blessing that is and how, how inspiring that is. Um, I shared last week about her prayer uh, with the soldier, uh, but, but there's been other times where um, just yesterday, in fact, um, as I was quarantining myself in the, in the bedroom upstairs, um, she, Allie told me afterwards that she wanted to, um, she wanted to help me out. And so she brought me a popsicle. She brought me up chicken soup. She came and got the dishes when we we're done. And afterwards, Allie told me she did that all by herself. She, she wanted to go help you. And, and it's just in those little moments, Jesus being modeled, um, that make a big difference. Uh, but that can also be true, uh, Especially um, if you don't come from a Christian home, maybe you came to Christ later in life. And so you have parents or maybe other family members that aren't believers. So modeling Jesus for them uh, is not only a way to show them love, but it's, the show, it's a way to show them the gospel as well. For them to see Christ in you is a, is a way for God to soften their hearts uh, so that he can draw them to himself as well. Uh, number four in these tips for honoring your father and mother is, is to exercise restraint. Uh, it's not always easy, especially when things aren't going well. It's easy to lash out at your parents. Uh, it's easy to, to um, disagree with them and to let them know it, right? Uh, and so, so to honor them is to exercise restraint. That doesn't mean you have to agree with what they've said or the decisions they've made, um, but it means that you respect them and honor them by, by showing restraint in how you talk with them and how you react to them. Um, I know many families... Uh, have have knocked down drag out fights with their teenagers right um, and that's not showing restraint in either direction uh, I am not a parent of a teenager yet but I was a youth pastor for seven years so I saw some of that uh, and and to honor honor a parent in in disagreement is to still show them respect and, and show restraint in those moments uh, number five uh, is, is similar to pray for them uh, but he says to weep for them before the Lord to really cry out to God and, and plead with him for for your parents, and, and maybe they're facing health challenges. And so you go to the Lord and, and you constantly pray for them regarding those health challenges. Maybe as a, 
as a young person, you recognize that, that your parents are struggling for one reason or another. Maybe it's issues at work. Maybe it's difficulty finding work. Uh, maybe it's their marriage. Uh, but, but you can, you can go to the Lord and, and on their behalf cry out to God. Um, I remember when I was a high schooler, uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and in a kind of a similar time frame, the, 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 the shop my dad was working at was sold and they weren't sure what was going to happen with his job and how that was all going to work out. Uh, and I remember just, just being kind of overwhelmed, uh, with what was going on. And, and at that time, um, I came to, I had a relationship with the Lord and, and I just remember spending time during those, those, those years praying for my mom, praying for my dad and praying that all of that stuff would work out. I don't know if I ever told them I was doing that. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I dropped that at some point. Uh, but, but that willingness to, to pray, to weep before the Lord is, is a good thing. And it doesn't mean you have to tell them about it. I mean, you can share that, of course, but, but there's probably many of us who are praying for people or praying for things and, and, um, and they may not even be aware of it. And the last one, number six uh, from this list, is so important as well. And that's to forgive them. Parents aren't perfect. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to make decisions that are not for the best interest of the family at times. They're going to make uh, decisions that are, are, are maybe go against your, your desires or your wishes. Uh, and so it's important in those moments to extend grace. The gospel teaches us that none of us are perfect, that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And so that applies to your parents as well. That applies to your children. That applies to your family. applies to your husband and wife. And so we need to learn as Christians to extend grace even in those moments. Maybe for you it's, a, it's an adult parent making uh, decisions you wouldn't agree with in terms of their health care or their living situations. Maybe it's um, decisions they have made that have affected your family in a detrimental way. Uh, whatever the case may be, you need to extend grace. Be willing to forgive in those moments because that will go a long way. Even in those moments, you know, you can, you can disagree with someone and still choose to forgive them. And that will make a big difference for them. Why does Scripture focus so much on this relationship between parent and child? I think, I think it's so important because... It's in that home, it's within the family context that so many of us uh, learn who we are and, and we form our identities in our families. And so those, ch- those, those childhood years are so important because that's when we learn what it means to be a person, what it means to be a part of the family. And if you're a person who grew up in a Christian home, what that means, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so that identity formation is such a critical moment are a critical period of a person's life because that's going to affect them from that moment all the way through the course of their life. And there's many ways we don't even realize how that's affected us, but it has. You know, we are often more like our parents than we care to admit. I saw a Facebook post once. Um, uh, it said something along the lines of, you know, I, I scared myself today, I opened up my mouth and my mother came out, Right. We, we become like our parents, we be, and, and those are very good things, but also can, we can pick up some bad habits as well. But those crucial years of identity formation happen in the home as a young person. And so Scripture is very uh, keen, clued into why, uh, the importance of that. Uh, but not only is it identity formation in terms of who you are as a, as a person, but it's also spiritual formation. You know, our view of God often comes from our parents good, bad, or otherwise. We may learn about the faith for the first time from our parents. They teach us to pray. They read Bible stories, uh, take us to Sunday school and church. All of those things are, are good and, and help shape and form that identity. And so what your parents believe about God is often going to be what you believe about God. And that's going to carry over throughout your life. Um, but that can also have a negative effect, effect as well. Because to be honest, right, we all live in a sinful, broken world, and there's going to be, the, some of us come from broken homes, homes that struggle with sin and, and parents that have not always been the parents that they should be. And that sometimes has a negative effect on God, because when we come to church and we read our Bibles and it talks about God as Father, uh, we often uh, 
transpose what we've experienced with our earthly fathers onto God. And so uh, that spiritual formation can have a positive effect, but also can have a negative effect depending on what your background is. Uh, but for those that are in Christ, those who, grow, who, who uh, commit their lives to the Lord and, and lead their families well, uh, that spiritual formation can be a very positive thing. Uh, I want to take a moment and just reflect on that, those vows that parents make uh, for their children at the time of their baptism or their dedication. As I've said many times before, the, the focus of those vows isn't just on the child, it's on the parents as well. And it's about the commitment that they make to raise their child in the Lord and lead their family well. And so, so um, that those early childhood years on up through teenager, young adult are so critical for forming uh, our views on faith and who God is. And, and so children, look to your parents for those things. Parents, be, fulfill those vows that you made on the day of their baptism, on the day of their dedication, and be willing to, um, to, to sometimes, you know, that's not always a comfortable thing to do, but be willing to talk about faith, to talk about God. And children, be willing to listen to your parents. The Proverbs passage that Maria read for us uh, encourages us to do just that. Proverbs 23 Beginning of verse 23. It says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave birth to you be joyful. Things we as children gather or, or learn from our parents is that wisdom and instruction and insight. We learn our family values from our family. We learn what, it, what we value. We learn what's important to us from those critical uh, years of, of childhood formation. And so, uh, and so we need to be willing to hear out what our parents have to say, be willing to listen and, and obey and love them, even in the midst of all, even in the midst of, of disagreement and, and not seeing eye to eye on things. Um, and I share all this with you about honoring, honoring your parents. And, and like I said before, this is not just directed at our children and youth that are in the sanctuary today. Uh, it's very, it's, it's just as important to honor your father and mother in adulthood as it is in childhood. It just looks a little different, right? And so honoring your father and your mother when, as they are reaching their their uh, later years in life is an important thing. It's going to look different, but it is still very much important and very much what God desires of us. Um, and, and sometimes you're going to be, you're not under their roof anymore. You're not uh, living in their household like you did when you were a kid or a teenager. But it's still important to honor them and to, to look out for their best interests. Uh, so many of us uh, have parents that are aging, parents that are facing health problems, facing difficult decisions about living situations. And to honor them means to walk alongside them in that, to help them make the best decisions for them, and to, to give them um, the dignity and respect that they deserve in the midst of those decisions. Uh, there's two other uh, kind of categories I want to talk about here before we wrap up our time. And the first is obedience. Uh, to honor your father or mother is to obey them. Uh, and this may be a shock to some of you kids, but your parents really do have your best interests in mind, right? They really do desire the best for you. Um, rules and discipline, uh, they create a structure, uh, create a structured environment where kids can thrive. You know, think of trying to play a game of soccer with no rules, no boundaries, no rules of, of how, to, how to move the ball. Some kids are picking it up. Some kids are kicking it. Um, there's no out of bounds, right? Think of the chaos that would ensue trying to get two teams of, uh, two opposing teams trying to play soccer when there's no agreement on what those rules should be. Um, that wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be worthwhile. Uh, and so the rules and the discipline that our parents have for us in our home is, is like the rules of a game. They're there for our benefit. They're there to provide structure for life. They're there to provide uh, the boundaries that we need in order to, to grow well 
and to live well. And the reality is that our kids are going to test those limits, aren't they? They're going to, they're going to push on those boundaries and, and look for where, how far out that boundary really is. Um, and so, as parents, it's important to, to walk alongside them in it and, and let them know where those boundaries are. Let them know uh, what the limits are and what's acceptable and what's not. Uh, it's often, you know, the, the idea is that it's, it's better to have more rules, more structure as kids are younger and, and relax as able or as needed uh, on those rules as they get older, as they're able to take on more responsibility and more structure or more, um, more responsibility for themselves. <laughs> Excuse me, but oftentimes we do it the other way around, don't we? <laughs> we have less rules when they're kids. Uh, they get away with murder at times, and then when they're teenagers, you start imposing more rules on them, um, and, and, it's, and, and they don't respond well to that situation. But it's, it's important. Rules and structure and discipline are all there for our good and, uh, and needed to, to create a thriving home. Uh, but the other side of that, as teens push the limits, uh, I want to take a moment and just encourage you that um, kind of that normal pattern that people experience um, doesn't have to be that way. What I mean by that is, is that normal pattern of a kid growing up in Sunday school, <coughs> going through confirmation, uh, sticking around in a youth group, and then graduating from high school and going out to going out to college or going in the workforce and just kind of drifting away from the Lord for a while. Right? How many of you have experienced that yourselves? How many of your kids have experienced that? And then maybe when they settle down and have kids or get a nice job and things settle down a little bit, then they begin to come back to church. Or that if if we're lucky, they 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 begin to come back to church. That's become become a very normal pattern uh, for for kids in our in our churches, but I want to encourage us and and remind us that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. There's nothing that says that children need a uh, time away from the Lord to find themselves. And so, children, as you as you're growing older, um, you young adults that are out there, maybe listening on the radio as well, uh, don't feel like you have to wander off to find yourself. You can you can. Um, you can find that hope, find that meaning here in, in Christ, and, and you don't need to wander away in order to figure out what that means for you. One of the things we learn in our childhood is that um, obedience, excuse me, obedience um, does not lead to belonging. Belonging leads to obedience. You don't stop being a part of the family when you break the rules, right? And you don't have to follow all the rules in order to become a part of the family in the first place. So obedience does not qualify us to belong in the family. And this, but, but belonging in the family should lead to obedience. In other words, we obey our mothers and fathers. We honor them because they are our mothers and fathers, right? Because they are part of the family. And so obedience uh, does not entirely, how, how should I put this? It's not that being obedient um, earns our parents' love. It's there no matter what. But being obedient is in response to the love and the grace and the goodness and the provision that they've shown us in the first place. That's very similar to how we respond to God, right? It's not our obedience to God that earns our salvation or earns God's love for us. But it's our, it's our, it's in response to the obedience, or response to the love He's shown us. First John chapter two, verses three through six, it says, "We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says I know Him but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word, love for God is truly made complete in them. That is how we know we are in Him." Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. See, it's our, it's our obedience, our works, our evidence that we belong to God, not the other way around. In the same way, our obedience in our families comes from our, our relationship with our parents. 
But there also needs to be a willingness there. <coughs> Excuse me. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, don't exasperate your kids. Don't provoke them to anger. Um, in the same way, our kids, children, you need to be, there needs to be a willingness to your obedience. It's not enough to just say, you know, to, to drag your feet and to do it with this really nasty attitude. But, but oh, an obedient heart should also be a willing heart. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells this parable. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today and in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but did not go. Which of these two did what this father wanted? The first, they answered. See, it's, there needs to be a willingness there. It's not enough to just give our parents lip service, right? It's not enough to just drag our feet along, but there needs to be a willingness, right? The one who obeyed is the one who actually willingly went and did what the father asked. And lastly, there's a, uh, there's a need for dependence. Being a child means we're obedient to our parents, but also means we're dependent on them. Uh, children are, are dependent on their parents for survival. And, and we're very unique in that way. If you look at, look at other species in the animal kingdom, right, some of them are almost self-sustaining at birth or very shortly after. But humans are, are kind of unique. We are very much dependent on our parents for survival for many years. And so we need them. We need to depend on them, especially at a young age. But that dependence doesn't really go away. We still need our parents as we get older. As we're teenagers, we depend on our parents, not necessarily for food to survive, although we do. But we, we depend on them for guidance. We depend on them for structure, for that identity formation that I looked to earlier. As adults, we still need our parents as well. Uh, for, for many of us, that's wisdom, Right? We, we finally get old enough to realize our parents actually had an idea what they were talking about. And so we go back and, and talk to them and get advice from them. And, and that relationship kind of takes on a different perspective. But we are always going to be dependent on our parents. And that's in the same way we are called to be dependent on our Heavenly Father for everything as well. Uh, we need to trust in Him and find strength in Him. Um, and that's, I think, what Jesus was referring to when he talked about the importance of having a childlike faith. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, uh, People were bringing little children to Jesus for them to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. But he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. What does it mean to have childlike faith? I've heard people say that childlike faith is innocence, right? We, are, we have this innocence before God. But I, I think that's missing the point because anyone with children knows that innocence is not the first way you describe them. Childlike faith is not about innocence. It's about that trust and it's about that dependence on the Lord. I heard a pastor tell a story once about his understanding of childlike faith. And he said, when I was a kid, right, my, I used to go out to dinner with my parents and some of their friends. And the routine at the end of the meal was always the same, right? They would argue over the bill. They would, they would go back and forth about who was going to pay for dinner and, and whose turn it was to pay and all that stuff. And he said, as a child, he could sit back and the one thing he knew for sure was that he didn't have to pay for it, Right? And that's what childlike dependence, childlike faith is. It's sitting there knowing that we don't have to pay for it. We don't have to, to do it all. We don't have to figure out our own salvation. But God has already paid the price for us through Christ. And so childlike faith is depending on God in that way, depending and trusting in Him for our salvation. See, Jesus invited us to know God as our Father. You see, we are children of God, and we learn much about being children from being a child of God. And so, our, and so to be a cross-shaped child means that we, we honor our father and mother. We're obedient to them. We're dependent on them. 
But it also means we have those same, we live out those same characteristics in our relationship with God the Father. We honor Him in everything that we do. We, we are obedient to His Word and obey Him in all things and have a willingness to do so. And finally, we have a dependence on Him. We depend on Him for our salvation. What a blessing that is. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for getting me through this message. I thank you for this day um, where we get to worship you. I pray that you'd help us all to be Christ-shaped children. No matter what stage of life we're in, help us to focus in on you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand in closing. Sing number 580, Jesus Loves Little Children. We'll sing it through twice. God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.